I've asked Brother Elam to uh, share with us tonight's lesson on Remember Me. Um, I I know when I contacted Brother Carter, the theme was weird, uh, but uh, uh, for a missions theme, but it's from Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse number 2, when Paul the missionary said, Remember Me. And um, I just uh, am thankful for each and every lesson that these men have shared and um, I hope that we'll not just be a hearer, but a doer of these things and really apply them to our life. So I ask Brother Elam to share our Remember Me lesson tonight. Thank you, Brother Elam. You know, we've looked at moral support, prayer support, logistical support, communication support. I just want to pause for a moment before we get into personal personal involvement, personal support. It's not every church that does this. It's not every church that has the responsibility, the honor, and the privilege of sending out so many missionaries. Um, when God leads the pastor of the church in something like this, anytime the pastor is led in something, the church members need to take it to heart because it's God for them. These things, I could, I could, myself as a missionary on the field, I know that Brother Harris and every other person that has been a missionary or is a missionary could write a pamphlet on each one of these. These aren't just thought up. They are real. If we pay attention, God will enable us to do better. Because the reality is, it's, it's possible to be friendly without truly being a friend. And you know that. Brother Harris, you know that. You remind me, brother, of when I was when I was at the height of worldly success in the original church that we were part of many years. I would come to church to come before the Lord, but I was wasted and spent in this world. And you know, I could dodge almost anybody's conversation with courageous words. Because the undiscerning ear cannot tell the difference between a courageous word and a hopeful, joyful heart. But there is one brother in the church. He'd say, brother, how are you doing? See, that's what a friend asks. And they're not going to be put off by some, they're not going to be put off by some platitudes. How are you doing? 
It's a great day to serve the Lord. Isn't God good? Those are courageous words. You haven't heard the heart. But you know, 95% of the people would smile and grin and say amen and walk away and they'd never hear my heart. And Brother Harrison reminds me of that too. Folks, it's possible to be friendly without truly being a friend. It's possible to act loving without really communicating love. And I know we don't know these things. But they are the reality. A missionary, if you were to write down what a missionary should be, they should embody the most pure essence of zeal, ardor, love, adoration, focus. You know that. You you would hope for that. So that person, when you talk to them, is most likely to use courageous words. Your pastor is trying to get, our pastor is trying to get everybody on the same page. You may not be able to do all these things, and I'll, I'll throw one thing in before we get into this. If you reach out to a missionary, they may, you may not right away be able to go to some level of being able to hear their heart. Number one, they are supposed to be that man, that woman, of the most courageous type. They likely won't communicate because they feel greatly their burden to, in, to endue you with hope. But moral support, prayer support, logistical support, communication support, personal support. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, Paul said, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. And keep the ordinances I delivered unto you. Remember who he's writing to? He's writing to the Corinthian church. Sometimes you know people love you from fact. And I think Paul knew it from fact, less than from feeling, as you read Second Corinthians. Sometimes you know people are a friend, even though they may not truly be a friend. You know, the Bible talks about personal involvement. The reality is, our church has sent out a lot of missionaries, ordained and sent out of our church. And we're a small church. Which means that we have a great responsibility and a great risk ratio. It's ours to fail. It's ours to fail. This doesn't cost anything. This type of thing that our pastor has been led of God to do. It doesn't cost anything. Love doesn't cost anything. Friendship doesn't cost anything. It doesn't. And you know those who really care for you. Because you know, everybody else you can dodge. But you can't dodge them. I want to be that kind of person, folks. And I believe you want to be. This is about helping everybody to practically become. So, you know the actual thing of sending missionaries to the field doctrinally we understand team missions is biblical you always see Paul and company I'm going to read this for churches like our church Kazada Baptist Temple that sends our missionaries we must consider remembering our missionaries in the area of personal support the actual sending a mission of people to support the missionary on the field Missions in the New Testament is always accomplished by a team of people. Now, you can underscore the always. 
That has always been my heart. I've never had a team except for the last year on the field. I'm still praying for that. Every missionary prays for that. We who believe this doctrine, the church needs to get a hold of this is what we believe. It's noted in the scripture that everywhere Paul ministered with a team of people, a church was established. Think about that. Everywhere he ministered with a team of people, a church was established. I cannot tell you my agonies on the field and the agonies of every missionary I've ever talked to who believes this because we all have this vast longing and a belief that we would see so much more. If only we had others of the same heart. Now, only in Athens where Paul preached and ministered alone do we find that no New Testament record of a church being established. Remember Epaphroditus, Brother Salis spoke of him from Philippians. He not only delivered the care package and financial support from the church, but he stayed. He stayed for some time to provide, provide personal support. In Philippians 2, we read that. Because the work of Christ, he was nigh to death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Notice Paul felt the liberty. I note in the scriptures, Philippian church seemed to be the one nearest and closest to Paul. He was able to talk to them in a way he couldn't talk to anybody else. And he used that term, your lack of support. Because they understood it and it wasn't going to be an offense. That's how he said it is, an effectual, it is an effectual way to remember our missionaries in going to the field and participating in the work of missions with them. Let me pause for a moment. There's much about me you don't know. I have been closest to quitting here in Mason. I have been closest to giving up. We feel less, than, like, less like missionaries than we've ever felt in 15 years. My wife struggles with that a lot. But for the last month or so, folks have, on rotation, been showing up to services Sunday morning. You have no idea how much it means. You don't know. It's not the difficulty of the ministry that the most courageous among us are going to waver at. It's all of these things that your pastor is trying to get in front of the church. It's these things. They don't cost anything. To go to the field, a short term, a week, a month, a year, can be so much of a blessing to the missionary. I'm going to pause before I finish that sentence. That's true. In 15 years of ministry, we had that happen one time. It was incredible. And I'm thankful for those who have been showing up Sunday morning services, sometimes Sunday evening services in in Mason. Now, there's something else, though. Not only, not only, and this is God's way of doing, he pours into one hand, and you pour into the next, and everybody's filled. You cannot minister but that you will be ministered to. Every single time somebody goes to help a missionary, if the missionary is a man or a a servant of God, you can't out-serve, you can't out-minister, you can't out-give. God's going to give you more abundant than you gave. 
if you go a week, a month, a year, you know, missionaries notice that people take vacations. Missionaries notice that. I don't want a vacation. I want to see another mission field. And those who choose that will be moved more than they are ministered to, ministering to others. See, when you go and spend time on a mission field, it only has to be as far as the Salese or to Mason right now. It can be to Mexico. My wife has been talking about Mexico since we were there with you guys. Folks, when you go and do that, you're going to go, I hope, to minister to the missionary, to be a friend, to love, to show in real action, deed, heart, take hand, take heart. You're going to go and leave with more than you ever dreamed you could have been given. Because that's what God does. And he starts a fire in your heart. As he rekindles a fire in the missionary heart. You come back to your church different and changed. And that missionary and their family are encouraged and revitalized. You come back with a view and a vision. And the people in the mission work. People in Russia used to ask me, why don't people come and see us? Why don't they come? You ask you ask me how to answer that. And I'll send that out to all the missionaries who have related the same thing. When we go, people in that mission work, they feel loved. They feel appreciated. You can't stop the cycle of giving. And it's a richer thing than you know. So it is an effectual way to remember our missionaries in going to the field and participating in the work of missions with them. Yes, it may only have to be a short-term week, maybe a month, maybe a year. I know a couple of different instances where people hit their retirement, sold their house, and went to the mission field to help missionaries. Amen. Do you know what was striking? What God began to do in those ministries after those brethren, that brother and sister arrived? You say, who were they? There's something special. I've always believed it. About brethren ministering together in unity the plurality we say it we preach it but it takes heart to want it starts with a mission trip comes back with a longing a fire is kindled the church changes everything changes it's really truly amazing the bible says in lamentations 351 mine eye affecteth my heart because of the daughters of my city so it's not only an encouragement to the missionary. It changes the person's going. They'll have a greater burden. The hearts will never be the same. Their prayer life is unrecognizable. I sat there and listened to my son share a burden last night for his mission field. It was like looking at myself 20 years ago. May God help our children. 
had a conversation with a woman in the back seat of the Uber today. People want to find all kind of reasons why churches are failing and kids are going to the world. You know where it's at. Unless the parents can communicate to children a love, a zeal, an earnest heart, a longing, a fire, a passion for the work of the Lord, for souls, we are lost. To help in the missions of Kazad the Baptist Temple, who has so many missionaries sent out under our authority, which means our responsibility, and it's ours to lose, and it will be lost if we don't pay attention to these things. And they're simple. Missionaries do crave the fellowship we take for granted. Personal support is vital in sending missionaries. So consider it. And may God do the greater. Please heed this absolute truth. And uh, pray, go. You'll have no idea. I've, I've tried to share before the difference. You know, I've, when you go, and uh, I think the first big change that I saw in my life was when I went and spent with Brother Harris out in Hungary. And um, it will change your life. And will change your church, and will change your prayer life. It will change your burden. It will change your priorities. And uh, because you get a, a glimpse of the work of God. And uh, so pray about all these things. Pray about participating in this this way and this means of remembering a missionary and supporting them and getting involved personally in that way. So. Um, Appreciate that, Brother Edom. Thank you so much. Uh, we are going to turn things over to Brother Carter. Uh, he is and his family has been a blessing this week in so many ways. The message has been a blessing. Their singing has been a blessing. And we're glad Mrs. Carter is feeling better. Amen. Mrs. Carter, we got you something. <laughs> so that you'll never forget. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. There you go. So you'll, I'll leave it right here. But so you'll never forget. Amen. What? Okay. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. No, thank you all. It's been an honor. So, guys. Amen. I was gonna make a joke about. We were standing at the door last night. It's had half the people came by, or not say half. A third of the people came by and said. I can't believe you don't like Skyline. And uh, then another third came by and said, yeah, I don't like Skyline either. I like Gold Star. Yeah, Gold Star. Yeah, the other place. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But And then the other third said, yeah, I was born and raised here. I don't like it either. So anyway, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I was going to get up and say something about how she ate Gold Star today and look at her. No, no. Amen. No, she <laughs> Aren't you starting over there? Oh, he's oh, playing. Okay. My rock. My rock. My shield. My shield. My rock. My rock. My 
my shield, my shield, my Jesus, he is real. I can feel, I can feel him deep within, deep within my soul. One day, one day, save my soul, save my soul. And, he made and he made me free and whole. My Lord, my Lord he's, real. he's real, I can feel him in my soul. One night, I repented, I repented, I got down on my bended knee. My Lord, my Lord have mercy, won't you save my soul from sin? I'm walking, I'm walking, not alone, not alone, cause I'm headed straight for home. My Lord, my Lord, he's real, he's real. I can feel him in my soul. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, repent, repent, get your feet on the solid rock. He's the one, He's the one who will help you, he'll hear you when you cry. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, He's my Savior, He's a Savior, He's a friend and a faithful guide. My Lord, my Lord, He's real, he's real. and He will lead you to the other side. My rock, my rock, my shield, my, shield, my Jesus, my Jesus, He is real. I can feel it, I can feel deep it. within. Deep in my soul, one day, one day, save my soul, save my soul. And, he and he made me free and whole. My Lord, my Lord he's, real. he's real. I can feel him in my soul. My Lord, my Lord, he's real. He's real. I can feel him in my Pathway, never knowing where to go. Once I struggled with my problems as I wandered to and fro. I was searching for something better than this earthly life could give. I found Jesus, He taught me to live. I was a sinner needing a Savior, then I met Jesus. He gave me Savior, He brought a wonderful joy to my heart. I was a sinner needing a Savior, then I met Jesus. He gave me Savior, and He promised not to leave me, that He never depart. I was a sinner needing a Savior, then I met Jesus. He gave me Savior, now I have sweet assurance that I've been made whole. Praise God, He saved my soul. Since I met this loving Savior, what a blessing he is to me. Since I met this loving Savior, I've been happy and I've been free. What a comfort it is to knowing he will guide me every day. I'm so glad he shows me the way. I was a sinner needing a Savior, then I met Jesus. He gave me saved me, brought a wonderful joy to my heart. I was a sinner needing a savior, then I met Jesus, he gave me save me, and he promised not to leave me, that he never depart. I was a sinner needing a savior, then I met Jesus, he gave me save me, now I have sweet assurance that I've been made whole. Praise God, he saved my soul. I was a sinner needing a savior, then I met Jesus, he gave me save me, brought a wonderful joy to my heart. I was a sinner needing a savior, then I met Jesus, he came and saved me, and he promised not to leave me, that he never departs. I was a sinner needing a savior, then I met Jesus, he came and saved me, now I have sweet assurance that I've been made whole. Praise God, he saved my soul, brought a wonderful joy to my soul.
Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. I can't explain it, and I cannot tell you why, but oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Like a blind man, I wander, so lost and undone. A beggar, so helpless, without God or His Son. Then my Savior in mercy,
get told I have a big mouth and that I don't uh, need a microphone, but we'll do what we can, all right? And uh, I, I just want to just say thank you, church. Uh, I can't believe it's already Thursday, and uh, we have just thoroughly enjoyed being here with you. Um, and you have a great testimony, uh, and that is due to your pastor, uh, has a, a tremendous testimony around this country, and I've had uh, uh, mutual friends of ours say, man, you're going to have a great time at Cazadel, and then I've had friends that uh, that just know him and just said, "Hey, you're gonna. Do, I mean, the, you're gonna enjoy being here." And I'm telling you, we've thoroughly enjoyed being here. We thank you for the accommodations uh, and uh, for the hospitality. Uh, it's just been wonderful. And I'm 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 sad. This is our last night together, uh, but uh, I'm just thankful God's let us come by your way, and and uh, we've got to know you. Um, and I just can't express enough uh, how important. Uh, um, how important your church is. I, I'm just—I just want you to understand. I think that's one of the things in our day, and um, that that we've that we've forgotten is how important the church is. This is the only vehicle in which God has designed and established and and commissioned to get missions done to get the Great Commission spread. I mean, men have come up with other things. They've come up with other, you know, methods, other ways, other tools. But I'm telling you, this is God's tool. And God lets you be a part of it. He lets you be a part of it. He didn't have to do that. He, did, he let you be a part of that. He, he places us in the body, the Bible says. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm thankful for your faithfulness to be here uh, throughout this week. And uh, I'm, 
I, I've said it to a few of you are walking uh, as you're walking back in after Sunday. I'm just I'm thrilled anytime anybody else shows up. Uh, I know me, so if anybody comes back, well, praise God, you know uh, they must love the Lord. They came back, Amen. And um, and uh, I wanna I wanna I do wanna be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I I have really, I don't know why I've I say I've said this a couple times, but I've kind of struggled at where to go in the in the preaching this week. Um, but uh, I said it last night, and I want to say it again that the, that the most important thing, uh, uh, the most important thing to a missionary and to the mission work, is a strong local church. It's the most important thing for a missionary and a mission work because if you have a strong local church, it is going to be a church uh, uh, that is going to have a vision uh, for the heart of their missionary. And they're going to have a, they're going to have a desire to uh, uh, see the gospel moving forward. I'm not talking about financial strength. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about uh, having uh, you know the bigger, bigger, better, best buildings and and all that kind of. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a strong local church is a church uh, that is desirous that they would see the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled. And we don't get that done. We do not get the commission of the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled without men and women who are willing to say, Lord, I will go. And we don't have people that are able to go without an, another group, of, a greater group of people that's willing to stay home and say, I will send. And, and they just don't get to go. They don't get to be obedient to God if we aren't willing to send. And, and a strong local church is, is very vital. And um, uh, I... I want us to go to 1 Corinthians in chapter number 14. I just wrestled with the Lord all day today. I wanted, I, I wanted to be in Acts 16 tonight, and I wrestled with the Lord about this all day. I say I wrestled with the Lord. I was just kind of like, are you sure? But I I want to go here. I think this is probably um, something in, in my my church life. I'm talking about me as a me as an individual that, that probably helped me uh, more than anything because is this text right here. And, and, and it helped me in my approach to church. It, it really did. This text that we're going to look at uh, tonight. And uh, I call this the tale of two churches. And um, it's, uh, it's something that as I was struggling, we were struggling as a, as a church with some different, uh, and I won't go into all the different things, but just struggling uh, with a church. And, and sometimes we can stop and we can look, all right, this doesn't seem to be going right, and that doesn't seem to be going right. And, and we can get our eyes uh, uh, on all of our problems sometimes, and we can get our eyes on all the obstacles sometimes. And, and uh, honestly, that's not where God wants our focus to be. It's absolutely not where God wants our focus to be. Uh, uh, God wants us, our eye to be single. He wants it to be on Him. He wants us to be watching him, and and um, and uh, we we can uh, look at things that are going wrong instead of looking and say, okay, what what can I do to make it better? <laughs> Honestly, uh, uh, you you and your marriage. Come on, this is any any relationship. We can you can be in your marriage, and you can say, well, my wife or my husband, and and we can probably point out the flaws. Uh, I mean, in in, a, in our spouse, and and yet a spiritual person will look at. Their, their, their spouse and the spiritual person say, what can I do to make her better? How can, how can I improve her? And how can, I, how can I help him? And how can I get him closer to the Lord? And, and, uh, and, and so uh, uh, tonight as we look at these, this text, uh, I want to I kind of bring this thought to our mind, and, and, and we'll get back to it, Lord willing, before we're done. 
uh, but, uh, but uh, to where we, we begin to look at the work of the church. And we would be mindful that everything that goes on at the church means something. It, it, everything means something. Uh, and, 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 and that needs to be a, a mindset that we would approach the ministry. Hopefully I'll, I'll explain that better to you as we go on uh, uh, this evening. But if we're not careful, we can just get in a routine. If we're not careful, we can just get into a a selfish spirit, a selfish attitude, uh, where we even maybe are serving, but it's not about the people we're serving. It's about us serving, right? Uh, and we can even do that in our giving. It's not about uh, it's not about the people we're giving to, or the mission fields that are being reached, or the souls that are hearing the gospel. It's about us giving, and and, and everything means something. And and I want to before we're done tonight, I hope we'll have an, a heart that we would approach the work of the ministry uh, with this mentality that listen, this means something. What we're giving means something. What we're doing means something. What we're, where we're going means something. And uh, and and I hope this uh, this is. Uh, uh, this comes uh, across to you in a way that uh, will help you and, and will edify you. And we'll use that word a lot tonight. Uh, but we're looking at the tale of two churches. Stand, if you would, just a short text tonight. I know that's unusual, right? That doesn't mean we're going to preach any shorter. But, I mean, it's a short text. Last night, two chapters. Tonight, three verses. Three verses. Wow. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians in chapter number 14 <clears throat> says this. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and I always like to stop right there and say that is fantastic local church doctrine, right? Because it, amen. Some of you should say amen, because that just assumes the reality the whole church can come together into one place. So, all right, now you aren't as excited as I thought you'd be. Uh, but come on, as opposed to the universal church, uh, no, the whole church be come together into one place. Amen. Just say amen so I can. Thank you. All right, good. All right, I'm glad you're all with me about the local church. That's good. It'll make this a lot easier. It says, and all, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. Will they not say that ye are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So we're going to just talk just a little while about these two church services that we just read about. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you so much for your love. and Lord, I just do thank you for Casadel Baptist Church. Lord, their desire, their their. Uh, their passion, uh, Lord, to evangelize and to disciple and, uh, Lord, to propagate uh, uh, the Word of God and the, the work of the church, Lord, in many fields and in many cities around them. Lord God, I thank you for that. I pray that, Lord, they would never lose that heart's passion. And, Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, they would be able to arrive here at this place uh, with a desire and a zeal to edify one another, Lord God, that their focus and attention would not be upon themselves, Lord God, but it would be every man on the needs of others. Lord God, that it would be a desire that they might be able to 
uh, uh, Lord, minister to others. Lord God, I pray that you would just help them. And, and Lord, help this sermon tonight. Lord God, we pray that your spirit would minister one more time. And God, that your word would be preeminent. And Lord God, that you would hide me behind your cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When it comes to the work of the Lord, we should all realize that we want to strive for excellence. We want to be pleasing unto the Lord. We want to do things heartily unto the Lord, that the Lord would uh, 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 be pleased and, and, and that the Lord would be glorified. And as you uh, uh, read through the well, the Church of Corinth, or the letter that's written to the Church of Corinth, you would find that there are many things that are written about them that are not pleasing unto the Lord, that, that God was not pleased with uh, at all, and it all was a matter of their behavior and their attitude and their, uh, and their spirit towards sin and their acceptance of it. And, and, and quite honestly, the, uh, the Church of Corinth uh, uh, was a mess. I mean, it really was uh, a mess of a church. And, and, and praise the Lord in the second letter that Paul wrote unto them, he was able to praise them for getting things straightened up and getting things uh, uh, corrected, but the church was somewhat uh, uh, of a mess, and, and, and it was Paul's desire that he would set in order those things that were wanting uh, uh, among them, that they would get things uh, uh, corrected. Uh, he even ends this chapter in verse number 40, and he says, let all things be done decently and in order. I mean, he, he wants that to take place among them. He wants that to be a part of, uh, uh, of who they are, that they would be uh, uh, done right. And, and so in the text that we read in particular, we see two church services are being described here. Uh, uh, two different church services uh, are being uh, uh, described here, and I, I do want to also stop as, as we're just in the beginning of our uh, our text, and and I do want to acknowledge that many you might talk to people and say, uh, some of you might say, where'd your preacher, where'd the preacher preach last night? First Corinthians fourteen, and to uh, uh, the secular Christian world, I, I say that secular Christian world, they would look at First Corinthians fourteen and they'd say, oh, the tongues chapter, right? Uh, uh, that's what they would look at this chapter. Uh, uh, and you have to scratch your head sometimes. I'm like, have you ever read? Really, I mean, really read the entirety of the chapter to come away with that uh, uh, thought. But they look at this uh, as the tongues uh, uh, chapter. And, and, and I want to say this, tongues here uh, are not the point of what Paul is trying to talk about in this chapter. Uh, he's not trying to express the importance of speaking in tongues, even though, and get this, in his day, in his day, they were viable. Don't, don't throw anything at me. In his day at this time, tongues were viable, right? Uh, uh, meaning that tongues were still spoken. They were still uh, uh, used. But uh, uh, understand, Paul is trying to help them understand that the tongues that they're using or the way in which they're using what they call tongues was actually a manifestation of a bigger problem that was among them. Uh, he wasn't sitting in this chapter going, praise the Lord, you speak in tongues. That, that's what a lot of secular Christianity, for some reason, takes out of this chapter. But that is not at all what Paul is trying to do. He is trying to help them understand that their use of tongues and their misuse, may I say that, of tongues, 
has led to some bad manifestations uh, uh, among them and, and has led to some problems among them. I also just want to go a step further just for uh, uh, sake of anybody having any questions uh, about this and back to chapter number 13 because Paul already said this about tongues before he got into tongues. He said in verse number 8, charity never faileth, but where there are prophecies, all right, uh, uh, predictions, and, and again, there were predictions. The, the word of God was still being written right at this very time the word of God was still being written so men were still saying thus saith the Lord in a in a way on which God uh, uh, by his Holy Spirit came upon men uh, uh, holy men of old to uh, uh, bring unto us the word of God where there be knowledge uh, 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 I'm sorry where there be uh, 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 prophecies they shall fail uh, and then he says uh, uh, where there'll be knowledge that would be special knowledge uh, uh, like someone says I've heard from the Lord I know people do this today I'm just saying, I, I know that there's, there's churches where people just say, I've got a word from the Lord. I, I, listen, if you've got a word from the Lord, it, it better come from here <laughs> or, or it's not from the Lord. It, it's just not because uh, uh, Paul says, where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. That, that's not always going to uh, be the case. And in between those, he says this statement, where there be tongues, they shall cease. They're not going to be anymore. You say, well, well, when is that going to take place? Well, he goes on to say uh, uh, this, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But look at verse number 10. But when that which is perfect is come, and that a friend, uh, listen, according to the text, is this book right here. It's his word. When that which is perfect is come, that which is in part, what? Prophecies, tongues, special knowledge, that which is in part shall be done away. Uh, and so Paul right here, he said, listen, uh, uh, tongues aren't something that are always going to be around. So we would have to understand that uh, uh, Paul would be then very foolish to say, listen, build up your fellowship and build up everything you do and, and make it about tongues. That would be a very foolish knowing that it was going to cease one day. Uh, so Paul is not here trying to encourage tongues. So uh, uh, just so we can, I mean, just for, just for, you know, checks and balances. We got that out of the way. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. We're all good. So he begins to, he gets there to the middle of this chapter in verse number 23, he and 24 and 25. He begins to present unto them two different church services. And in verse number 23, we read about uh, uh, that church service. It says, again, if therefore the whole church be come together into one place and, and all speak with tongues, and, and there came in those that are unlearned uh, uh, or those that uh, uh, those are unlearned or unbelievers, uh, uh, will they not say that ye are mad? If everybody in there was just speaking in tongues, they were just speaking in these uh, 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 heavenly languages, as they would like to say it, uh, they're speaking in heavenly languages, uh, uh, then when someone who is unlearned or unbelieving comes into that place, then, then they would have this opinion, they're mad. Not that you're angry. Come on, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying mad in the sense of, man, there's just a lot of angry Baptists in there. No, that's not what he's saying. No, it, it, it's literally, uh, you're lunatic. 
You're babbling gibberish. You're crazy. That's, that's, the, that's the implication that he has given. And, and he says, though those that are unlearned and, and unbelieving, they come into that assembly and, and they're there. And we can stop and just assume that he's talking about guests that come into that assembly, into that first service, and they see this taking place. Uh, but we understand that anytime uh, uh, that this assembly gathers together, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, we've got quite a few kids around here. Praise the Lord for that. And so there's possibility that there are some that are uh, unlearned still in some things. And, and there's a greater possibility even than this. I've been around uh, uh, Baptist churches long enough to know uh, uh, that there still could be unbelievers who are sitting in the pew, whether they be young or old. That's just a reality. That, that, that can be taking place. And so uh, uh, it, it is very much a reality that there is always uh, in, a, in an assembly those who are unlearned and unbelieving and and, and so these these people show up the members show up and, and, and just um, just as they begin to get things going everybody is speaking in in tongues and and, and they're all talking in tongues and, and and the guests are confused by what is going on and the guests are looking around and wondering why everybody is talking in these unknown tongues which again wouldn't fit the pattern of the book of Acts altogether, but 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 there's just nothing but confusion and, and, and nothing but uh, uh, people doing their own thing and and making voices and noises coming out of them uh, that no one really understands and nobody really knows why they're doing uh, what they are doing. And, and the only conclusion that they can come to is they walked into a loony bin. No, that's the only conclusion. Now, now for some crazed Baptist, for some reason, I mean that's a wonderful thing. I'm a crazy Baptist. Ah! All right, well, that's fine. I'm not, for, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not against getting a little excited in the house of God. I think sometimes we sit on our thumbs just too much and too long. And I, I'm telling you, if God's working and God's moving, it is okay to say amen. amen. It, it's, it's okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. It's, it's just okay if, if God's moving. Uh, uh, but at the same time, there is a reality uh, uh, that sometimes people can just take things a little bit too far. Uh, they can. And, and, and instead of people going, Look at the Spirit of God gotten all over them. People look around and go, are they, are they okay? I mean, they got touched, but I don't know if it's with the Spirit. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've been there. I've been there before where I've seen that. You know, they got touched with something. I don't know what it was. But, but the opinion of, the, uh, of these people that are unlearned and unbelieving, whether they be uh, young children or whether they be guests that just came in from off the street, is that they are crazy and lunatic due to the activity that they are participating in and to what they're doing. The second service we find in verse number 24 and 25. The second service, again, uh, uh, um, uh, in, in chapter number 24, uh, or verse number 24, uh, they're coming to, uh, uh, the, the churches come together again. Uh, uh, praise the Lord, and the church should come together. It says, but this is different. It says, but if all prophesy, as opposed to what? Tongues. If all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or is unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is uh, uh, judged of all. And again, this service is taking place, and again, guests are present, or those who are unlearned and unbelieving uh, are present. But the difference is what is being uh, uh, done. The activity of the members in this second service is Different. It is absolutely different than that of uh, uh, the first service. In this case, all are uh, uh, prophesying, or if I can say it like this, all are uh, all give a declaration of the word of God uh, uh, that people can understand. 
Can, can I say it like this? Uh, it doesn't mean you say, well, we come and just the preacher stands up and preaches just like now. But, but guess what? Uh, uh, if you're here tonight and you're engaging and saying amen, and I'm telling you, I've been to church services, and, and, and I understand. If you, and listen, this, I'm not talking to you. If you worked all day and all night and you put in uh, a long hours and you kind of keep yourself busy. I, I've been there where, man, if I don't keep my hands busy, I'm falling asleep. I'm not talking to you. But I also know that I've been in church service where there's teenagers that haven't done anything all day and you couldn't keep them awake if you wanted to. And, and not just teenagers are like that someday. And, and you walk in some churches, and, and I'm telling you, and it's as dead as a doornail. I mean, you couldn't get, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't get them to, uh, uh, to say amen if you begged them to, and you feel like you're, uh, we need Jesus to come raise Lazarus up out of the grave uh, again. But I'm telling you, uh, uh, we come in here and, and, and listen, and, and, and we hear a prophesying of the Word of God, and we hear an agreeance to the prophesying of the Word of God, and, and we're engaged in, and, and we're making sure the preeminence is not on anything else other than the declaration of the word of God and we're all in agreement in that and in a sense we are prophesying together and our heart's desire is that the word of God would go forth boldly and that the preacher would have the grace of God upon him so that if there are unlearned and unbelieving people there they're going to hear the truth and the spirit of God's going to make an entrance in there and stir them up to the point they realize they're lost or they need to get their life right and they need to get their sin confessed and listen that's the desire and that takes place when all are prophesying and, and, and service number two produce a, uh, uh, produces a guest that is convinced of all he is judged of all I, I mean the preacher is preaching the truth and declaring the word of God and, and the congregation is saying amen preacher that's right preacher it's in the book preacher or however it is you, uh, 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 you know, encourage your preacher along You've done good this week. I'm not, I'm not trying to say you haven't. Don't, don't take that at all. Uh, but, but we're engaged in it. And, and, and that takes place for the person sitting out there that is lost and unbelieving. Say, all these people are agreeing with that book. All these people are in one accord desirous that, that he would continue to speak the truth. And it does something uh, 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 to them. He, he is, he, he, he is uh, uh, now convinced of all, uh, and, and that could mean a couple different things. It could, number one, mean uh, that he is convinced of the truth that he hears. It could mean that, but but it also could mean, I believe, to the text would actually uh, be more contextually right uh, that he is convinced of all the people. Right? They're all prophesying together, and he is convinced of all of you uh, that what is being said is the truth, and, and, and he is convinced of all uh, uh, here that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that the word of God is right, and if the word of God is right, then I'm wrong. If the word of God is right, then I'm a sinner. If the word of God is right, I'm going to stand in judgment before God. If the word of God is right, uh, I'm telling you, I, and, and they're convinced of all. I'm telling you, it's, it's one thing for one preacher to get up and try to convince a whole crowd. But when a whole crowd is engaged in the preaching and, and, and there's one sitting in the midst uh, uh, that is not in agreement with the Word of God, I'm telling you, it makes an impact upon their life. It absolutely does. And in verse number 25, the secrets of his heart are made manifest. I love that phrase. It just gives us the idea that he didn't even know what he entered into that place for. 
He didn't even know why he came to the service to begin with. I mean, he didn't know. Uh, I mean, he just thought, man, I need to go to church and there's that church down the road or saw the sign out here on the curve and like, all right, I'll just go to that church and, and, and just shows up and he might have showed up thinking, well, I just, I, I just want to please mom. Come on, people show up for a lot of different reasons to ask God. They might have shown up expecting a show. People go to church for those reasons. Uh, hey, my, we're just searching for a new church, and we're just checking this church out and checking that church out. And, but the secrets of his heart are made manifest in this second service, and, and, and he didn't even know why he really showed up there to begin with. But as he sits through the service and as the preaching and the prophesying of the Word of God uh, uh, takes place, uh, uh, what he needs is, uh, is presented unto him by the truth of the Word of God, the prophesying of the Word of God, and the working of the Spirit of God uh, uh, and, and his life and, and and what he thought he needed when he came in is no longer what he came for right. <laughs> it, it says and, and so uh, the secrets of his heart are made manifest and so falling down on his face will worship God I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, uh, I, I, I don't preach. I praise the Lord. My dad uh, 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 raised us and trained us and told us, listen, you don't preach for altar results. We, absolutely not. I, I don't, don't take this, what I'm saying, uh, uh, for this. Uh, uh, you don't preach for altar results. Uh, our audience is the Lord. We declare the truth of the word of God to please God because it is his word, and he desires that his word be preached and prophesied. That's why we do it, but, but I'm telling you, uh, we do it for the purpose and the design that men would hear the truth and that they would respond. No, that doesn't mean that everybody better be at the altar tonight. No, don't get me wrong, or you always ought to be at the altar. I'm not saying that at all. But when the truth of the Word of God hits you square between the eyes, and the Holy Spirit of God imparts His truth unto you, and you realize, man, I just came here on the average Sunday just doing the same old thing, uh, uh, but God has revealed the secrets of my heart. Friend, listen to me. Uh, when that takes place, I'm just telling you, you ought to find a residence down here at the altar. I mean, you ought to, because I'm telling you, don't take it for granted that the Holy Spirit of God moves in your heart and moves in your seat and stirs you up. Do not take that for granted at all. Don't be, don't be even coming close to being guilty of grieving the Holy Spirit. I mean, when the Holy Spirit, who is a gentleman, who is not going to force himself on you, is not going to make you do what you have to do, he's, God has given you a free will, and he has given you a free choice to make decisions. But when he speaks, move. <laughs> just, just move. I mean, I don't know necessarily what God's doing. I'm telling you, God, has, God is making secrets of your heart manifest, and you need to get down to an altar and talk to Him uh, and spend some time with Him. And, and that's what takes place here. He falls on His face before God, and He comes there, and, and I'm telling you, it's a shame that church after church after church are doing away with a time of invitation. Because the declaration of the word of God is for the purpose of getting to, uh, uh, is reaching out to the heart of man and causing men to come to a point of decision. That's what preaching's for. Thus we should have an invitation. Paul speaks, man, he falls on his face before God, worships God. And then look at this, this is, this is so good. And reports that God is in you of a truth. I'm, I'm telling you that uh, that honestly that phrase right there changed my approach to church 
change my heart. His testimony of this assembly, this second service, he didn't leave there saying, best music I've ever heard. And I'm for good music. I really am. I'm thankful for all the specials, the piano playing, the choir. You've done a fantastic job. But he doesn't leave there reporting, I'm telling you, best music I've ever heard at a church in my life. They don't leave there bragging about the nursery. They don't leave brag. I mean, bragging about, man, best preacher, uh, bar none. I mean... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Charles Stanley couldn't be better, you know, right? Amen. I had somebody said one time, uh, they came and visited our church, and uh, <laughs> and they went to a big mega church, and one of their, we had a big day, and, and uh, one of the co-workers, one of their co-workers went to our church and said, hey, we're having a special day at our church, you ought to uh, uh, come out, and and, uh, and so they, they came out, and they uh, went to a big mega church, and, and it was just a, I mean, big party church is all it was, and, and uh, so we uh, got visitor, you know, information on all of them, and, and uh, so me and another guy in the church, we were going around visiting all the visitors we had, like about 10 of them that came that Sunday, and it was a great Sunday, and uh, this family in particular said, well, I'm a deacon over here at, uh, uh, over here at this church i'm like oh okay he's like yeah just coming we like to go around and encourage the other flocks in the in the city and he said but but i've got to tell you he said uh uh, the preaching was fantastic we don't get to hear that kind of preaching uh at our church we have to come home we have to come home and and listen to joyce meyer to get that kind of preaching and i tell you i went from like yeah to oh like Pray the Lord. I mean, and and uh, so I'm on the same level with Joyce Meyer, apparently, real claim to fame. And we're walking out to the car after the visit because I'm like, all right, well, it's time to leave, you know. And we got out of there. We got back to the car, and Brother Bob Baker was with me on the visit, and uh, he was driving because. Uh, and I, I get in the car, and he said, "Well, preacher, I hate to tell you this, but she looks way better in a pantsuit than you do too." <laughs> anyway, let's get back. We're really. I mean, we were getting a good spirit going, and I ruined it. I'm sorry, but but listen, the report that they the report that they they leave the church is not about the kids program. It's not about the nicest buildings. It's not about all the technology. And, and I'm telling you, these are the things that religion is looking to. I mean, we got to have all of these things, and I think we ought to do it the very do, serve the Lord the very best we can. We ought to give them our very best in everything that we can possibly give them. Uh, uh, but but listen, we're never going to outdo the world. You, you just church, you won't. There, there's no competition. I mean, they have more money, and they got, they're willing to go to greater lengths to wow people than we are. They always will be. They always will be. But the testimony was this, that God was in you of a truth. That was the testimony that, he, that, that listen, it doesn't, the text doesn't even say he came back to church. The text doesn't say that he became a member and eventually a deacon and a pastor and all these things. But what the text does say is that God is in you of a truth. And as he goes around Kazadel and as he goes around uh, 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 my city, as he comes to our service, uh, uh, listen, uh, his testimony is that, listen, if you want to hear from God or if you want to know where God is, I'll tell you where God is. He's over there at that Baptist church. And I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I, I don't know what uh, uh, what the what the answer is. But I do know this. I know God met with me there. 
I'm telling you, don't despise that ever. Don't ever get to a point where like, ah, it's not a real big deal. Man. No, no, I'm telling you, uh, 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 God meeting with the, the church is what makes church, church. I know it's an old song, but all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes out. I'm telling you, uh, 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 friend, listen, if we come to church for another reason other than the fact that to meet with God and, and forget in the presence of God and, and to be hearts be turned to God, I, I'm telling you, we're gathering for the wrong purpose and for the wrong reasons. And, 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 and listen, we might as well uh, just put social club over the door and, and just have a party. Uh, uh, but when we've come to meet with God, I'm telling you, it should be our heart's desire uh, uh, that when we come to this place that everybody here uh, would just leave and go, God's so good. Man, God talked to me today. God ministered to me today. God helped my need today. Uh, I, I came in here and had a, uh, I, I had a, uh, uh, a burden. I had a, uh, uh, something that was weighing me down. But I'm telling you, uh, as the preaching of the Word of God was taking place, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit of God was ministering in such a way, and, and we met with God. Amen. We couldn't have a greater... We, listen, we honestly, we could not or should not have a greater desire than that right there. Man, the preacher got, got alone with God this week, and he got a message from God this week, and he shared God's word with us this week, and, and God ministered in our midst, and God was, he was right there in the middle of it. Shouldn't have a greater desire than that. We can try other things. People can go out and try to get satisfied in, in other ways of this world, and they can. And, and, and when they go and they see the other fluff that this world is offering, and the entertainment that this world is offering, in the name of religion, friend, listen to me. And, and, and yet, in the back of their mind, the whole time they're like, "And you know what? In all the things I'm doing, those who are truly seeking God know where they met Him." And, and they might not have come back right away, but I'm telling you, those who are truly seeking after God are going to find themselves in a church where God is. That's where they're going to find themselves. And so that's the reputation of church number two, that God's in their midst. Now, it's not even necessary to ask this congregation. I, I'm really, I really believe that. I don't think it's necessary to ask, but I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Number one, which church, and I, and I want you to respond, which church, uh, uh, would God want you to be? Church number one or church number two? Number two. Number two. <laughs> he would. He absolutely would. Uh, it, it wouldn't, I mean, I think that's what God, I mean, it's just like a no-brainer question. God wouldn't want you to have a testimony that they're just a bunch of lunatic crazies over there. No, no, he would want you to have the testimony that everything around here is, is focused on the fact that we want to meet with God and we want to please God. So we know that would be the heart of God. Now, don't speak out loud on this one, okay? Second question. Which church would you rather be a part of? We know what God's heart and God's desire is, but which church would you rather be a part of? One that's just, I, I, I mean, they're doing their own thing. Or one whose entire focus is that we need to meet uh, 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 with God. Uh, may, may I say this to you tonight, uh, uh, that... Uh, that if you would say in your heart, you know, you would say, and I hope you would, I want to be a part of, I, I want what God wants, I want to be a part of service number two. I, I pray that's everybody's heart here tonight, I believe it would be. 
I want to just, just let you know that doesn't happen just because we say, yeah, I, I like that. It's not a fast food order. <laughs> it's not. It, it's not pulling up to Burger King or McDonald's or Skyline have a drive-thru. Skyline, all right, it's not pulling up to Skyline and saying, I'll have it my way right away. You know, I mean, that's, that's not where you get, how you get to service number two. That's not how you get the reputation and the testimony uh, in town of service uh, 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 number two and say, well, well, well what are you saying? Uh, uh, I'm saying it's deliberate. Now, I'm saying service number two comes with deliberate intention. Uh, uh, you say, well, yeah, preacher, preacher needs to get zoned in. No, no, no. It's not about preacher. He's not writing the, the church of Corinth and saying, pastor of the church of Corinth, this is what you better give attention to. He's writing the church of Corinth. Like all the members. And he's saying, listen, you need to give attention uh, uh, unto this. And, and this is something that it will have to deliberately uh, uh, be a part of. It, it happens with real deliberate passion and commitment to say, listen, uh, we are going to make sure uh, that we are preparing ourselves to, uh, to assure that service number two takes place. I'm not just going to get in my car and go to church. I'm not just going to walk in and fill the seat that I always fill. I'm not just going to do the same old thing. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to get into the Word of God this week. I'm going to seek after God, and I'm going to study that Sunday school lesson that I'm going to teach uh, because I realize that it's going to make a difference in the life of some eight-year-old girl or some ten-year-old boy. And, 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 and I'm going to get on my knees and pray uh, uh, that God every day, God, we need to hear from you at church, and we need you to move at church, and and, and we need you to uh, uh, do something special in, in our midst, and and we need that to take place. We need to we need to meet with you. It's a culture that is developed, and, and not just by one individual, but by a church that bands together to say our focus and our heart's desire is that our testimony would be that we meet with God. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, there, there is nothing greater. I mean, when, I mean, when, when, when you're right with the Lord, I, I think you'll get this, and, and, and you're right with the Lord, and you get to go into the presence of God, and, and, and you're humble before God, and, and you just realize... Man, the God of all creation met with me. I'm telling you, that's, I, I, I'm telling you, that's a great thing. That's, that's a wonderful thing for the God of all creation to acknowledge you. But, but, but listen, I'm, I'm telling you, even greater than that, he put you inside of a church that he wants to come down and dwell in the midst of. I'm telling you, read Revelation. He, he desired to dwell in the midst of the church. It's where he wanted to be. That's where he desired to be. And it's a, it's a decision that we, you have to make. Just as church service number one is a culture. No, church service is developed that is developed over time. Or if I can say it like this, has devolved to its culture over time. It just got to a place to where everybody's crazy lunatic doing their own thing. So what's the difference between verse service 1 and, and, and service 2? And, and technically, I, I, I think we say tongues and prophesying is, is the technical difference. In, in, in the tongue service, uh, they were hearing something that they didn't understand. 
Come on, uh, that, that made no sense to them. And in the second service, they were hearing something that they did understand. And they were hearing from God in that second service. And so we could say that's the difference, what they could understand. And those who could not uh, uh, understand could be the difference. But, but even that is not getting to the context of what Paul is, is trying to say in this chapter. Because the focus was not just understanding. It goes a level deeper uh, uh, than that. It, it goes to a level where we would stop and ask of these two services, why would the first service be okay with having that kind of service? And why did they have that side of second service in the second service? Why is that taking place? Why are these two cultures being seen in church? Go back to verse number four. And we can put this in context. In verse number four, <clears throat> It says, it says uh, well, you can go to the verse number one. Go look at verse number one. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Verse 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, look at this, edifieth who? Church? Himself. Edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. That's the difference. Is in the first service, you had a group of people that showed up with their own self-interest at heart. And in the second service, you had a group of people that showed up for one another. Ms. Smith showed up for Mrs. Jones. And Ms. Jones showed up for Mrs. Brown and, and, and vice versa. They didn't show up there to do their own thing. They didn't go show up to get their own needs met, albeit I guarantee you they had their own needs. There, there's not a person in here that does not have needs. There's not a person in here that doesn't have a prayer request. There should not be a person in here uh, 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 that would not say, I need, I need the help of the Lord this week. Not, not one of us. Uh, uh, we should all be in that, that position and in that place. Uh, uh, but, but listen, I don't show up just so that everybody can come hear about my needs. Oh, how hard the Christian life is and how horrible, uh, just how many burdens I have. When there are unlearned and unbelieving children in here, hearing all about the woes and, and misfortunes of the Christian life. Yep. We want, why don't these kids want to grow up to serve God? <laughs> because they've heard belly aching probably, maybe sometimes. About how, man, how difficult. Life is so hard. Life is just so hard. Instead of just showing up and saying, you know what? God knows what things I have need of, and He does. He absolutely does. Saying, I'm not here for me. I know there's some kids in there that need to hear about Christ. I know there's someone in there that probably has a greater burden than I am. And, and I'm telling you, sometimes it's amazing to get around Christians and, and they're like, I have this need. Oh, you have a need? I've got a need. And they're like, well, I've got more needs and I've got more. And we try to outdo each other with all the needs that we have. And, and, and listen, and unlearned and unbelieving people are sitting around going, 
Well, I thought God was supposed to supply all our needs according to his glory. I thought we've never seen the righteous forsaken or hunger breaking bread. Or at least that's what the preacher says, but it doesn't seem to be lived out in the congregation. I'm just saying that it's a culture that is built. And when you, listen, and when you get up out of your bed tomorrow, I'm telling you, you could wake up with this, Lord. You've left me here for a purpose. God, you've left me here by design. You've made me a part of a local church that is passionate about souls, with a preacher that's passionate about the Word of God, with a group of believers that is giving and sacrificing uh, uh, for the propagation of the gospel. I'm telling you, you can get up with that kind of mentality. Or we can wake up with the mentality of like, well, me, myself, and I. And me and me and I have a whole lot of problems, and me and I have a whole lot of needs, and, and everybody needs to be focused on me and my needs. Here's the difference, is when you come that way, there's going to be other people that are going to come around and say, oh, well, we've got to edify sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. But God's design is this, is that, yeah, you have needs, but instead of focusing on your needs, you came to focus on the needs of everyone else there. No, no, no. That, that, all right, so there's 100 people uh, here. I don't know how many people, but let's just for sake of number. When 100 people gather together at the house of God, and, and, and 99 of them are looking at everyone else in the room and saying, they need edification. And church can be devolved into this edification for self, where it is 99 trying to, uh, or where it is one person receiving all the edification. But God's design is that it's 100 people receiving all the edification. And you can make that ratio whatever you desire or whatever you want. You say, well, what's this have to do with missions? Well, if my focus is on self, I'm going to have a hard time letting go of this. And if my focus is me, I'm going to have a hard time listening to what Brother Elam said tonight and being moved by it. Like, okay, everybody has a hard work life. I mean, I work hard too. I'm just telling you, uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, uh, arrogant. I, I, please know my heart. I'm not at all. But, but I'm telling you, your missionaries and your pastor bear burdens. And, and I'm not saying you can't know them and you can't share in them, but I'm telling you, until you bear them and until you carry them, you really don't know them. I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to hurt anybody's feelings or say they're better than you. I'm just saying uh, uh, that there is such a saying as the burden of the churches that's placed upon a minister uh, uh, as a missionary or a pastor. There, there is just such a thing. But if your focus is on you, then preacher, uh, you don't need, don't, don't get up there focused on the preaching. I've got to talk to you right before you get up in the pulpit, and, and I've got to make sure you know my problems, and you know what my, and I'm telling you, and you have a pastor that wants to hear every one of them. You absolutely do. But if your focus is on you, his focus is on the most important thing that can take place here, and that's prophesying. And your you focus took his focus off of the most important thing that he could do for everybody here. You say, well, well, what takes place is that then missionaries stop being supported because the focus ceases to be the purpose of the church and the purpose of the church is now you 
as opposed to lost souls over there or over there or in the next town over or in the next country over or Mexico. And friend, listen to me. If we're not careful, we can find ourselves in service number one and many churches have found themselves in service number one and their missions, listen, their mission support goes to non-existent. Well, we have, we have six missionaries now out of our church. Every time they come back from the field, you, you realize what one of their needs is? Well, we've lost support because a church closed. And we lost support because, church, I'm telling you, Baptist churches today who are doing away with missions. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't even, I, I mean, I have no area in my brain that even can, can, can conceive that. But saying, no, 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 we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on us. I don't know something more contrary to the Word of God. I don't see anywhere in this world how uh, someone could say, I read the Word of God, and we're no longer going to give to the needs of others. We're going to take care of our own. I don't know how in the world that came out of any kind of Christianity, but I'm telling you, it's happening in independent Baptist churches today all over this country. And, And the people that are hurting are our missionaries. And, and, and I'm not trying, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I know this for a fact. You all do your part. I, I get that. But, but listen, as other people are failing, the need is not going down. I'm just telling you that. It's not like, all right, so they're not doing a part anymore, so the missionary doesn't have as great a need. No, 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 their needs are even greater with the inflation and all the nonsense that's going on in all the world economy. It's even greater today. And, I, and I'm not saying, well, you've got to pick up and you've got to do more. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that, listen, God can take what little bit we got and do great things with it if our focus was on Him instead of us. I'm just saying. And, 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 and I'm just saying this, that missions doesn't die in a church where we come together and say, you know what, our, our entire focus and our purpose and our desire and our design is that the word of God be prophesied. That's what we're about, what we've gathered for. I'm telling you, something that will never languish nor grow cold, uh, nor take a, uh, listen, nor will take a, a stumbling step in a church is their missions program. Because the people who gather together with the purpose of seeing the word of God prophesied are going to find the message of the Bible being that, hey, uh, you need to go over to the next city. And you need to go to the next region. And you need to go to the next place. And you need to answer the call to go. And you need to answer the call to give. And you need to answer the call of service. I'm just telling you, it's going to propagate itself over and over and over and over again when we've got this in mind that I am not here for myself. I don't go to Beth Haven Baptist Church so I can be edified. I, I, listen, I get it. I, I, I'm telling you, it, it was a great day as a preacher, and it was a great day when a church gets this. Man, I shut that car door, and I determined, listen, I'm, I'm here to edify someone. I, I'm going to find someone who I can build up. I'm going to find someone who I can encourage, and I'm going to get in there, and the central theme of everything we're doing is the propagation of the gospel of this book. When you come to church, do you desire to edify or to be edified? I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference, not just in this assembly and in this service, but it is going to make a difference 
in the services of your missionaries when we get so self-focused that we don't have time to look outside of ourselves. We need to remember, we need to remember how important this sending church is. I need to remember how important our sending church is. We have, we have missionaries out of our church too. To the life of a missionary on the field. Let's have our heads bowed.